Hello, hello. Hello. My name is Allie, pronouns she, her. And I'm Nick, pronouns he, him. And welcome to season three, episode one of Tabula Rasa, bitches. In Tabula Rasa, bitches, your two co-hosts discuss and dissect Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a show that bonded them together so many years ago. And in this episode, we will be discussing season three, episode one, Anne. Woohoo! Yes, we are back. And... Before we begin, dig into our episode summary, we'd like to remind folks that rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening is one of the most helpful things you can do to get us in front of more people. If you like what you're hearing and want to make sure others get in on the Buffy nostalgia too, please consider leaving us a review and consider talking us up with your friends. Send them a link. Word of mouth and reviews are the best thing you can do to help us out we'd be endlessly grateful. And I'm going to dig into the episode summary here in just a hot second. But first of all, Allie, season three premiere, how are we feeling? What are we thinking? What's going through that beautiful, gorgeous noggin of yours? No, thank you. We are feeling proud, immensely proud that we had an idea and we actually executed it and not just like executed a couple times and like got half a season out like we are here doing season three where we are still executing and it's just crazy what this show has spanned like i'm remembering recording the bulk of season one while i was in la and all mm-hmm. sorts of other stuff has transpired between one thing that has not changed is hazel is adorable <laughs> his <laughs> dogs interrupting <laughs> uh, when spouses return home, that was because Hayden is unexpectedly home at a reasonable hour. Uh, also getting ready to leave. That's so funny. How about that? Yeah. So she was being all sweet and curled up behind me, and and then uh, you know Dad got home. So yeah, since some stuff never changes, and I hope that stays the same. How are yeah. you feeling, my dear? Also very proud. It is very easy to start something. It is not easy to keep. I have a, I have a really, I was listening. Um, Gretchen Rubin is her name. She's this podcaster. She does like, I don't know, self-help stuff. Her books aren't very good. Sorry, what? Gretchen. I love you. But her podcast is really good. Anyways, she talks about how it's really easy. To- wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I had to double click on this. Is her advice not good or is just like the book experience not good? It's so her books are she's a wealthy white woman living in New York City writing these self-help books. And it's (laughs) like, girl, your problem, you didn't. uh, Who knows who maybe she does have substantial problems, but. But sometimes I mean, she might have she might have good advice for like people of that same area of herself of like other wealthy white women. Like, here's how you survive through a cocktail or i don't know and yeah that's she has tips for that actually she has tips on how you can yeah stay engaged with people during cocktail parties there is something (laughs) refreshing hearing about people's like as opposed to hearing about people going through the worst of the worst there is something refreshing just like oh this is this is like this is like a little a little like blanket for my brain just like a little nice cozying up kind of thing but i don't know her problems are not relatable 
at all. Fair. <laughs> Yikes. Our diatribes have already started. What Gretchen talks about is Gretchen is also the name of my therapist. I'm getting off on a lot of tangents tonight. We're going to get better as this goes on. Gretchen talks about how it's a lot easier to start something than it is to keep something going. And we have kept it going. And wow. Yeah. yeah. We kind of meandered our way there. But yes, I agree with you. I'm also very proud of us. And excited because season three fucking rocks. Yo, we were looking through the episodes to see like if there were any kind of like meh episodes that we wanted to spice up with a guest and i was like um they're all bangers oops all bangers like season three is by far my favorite i'm not saying i don't have other favorite episodes in other seasons but if i had to pick one it would hands down no contest season three so sorry that i don't mean to like overhype for those of you who are watching through for the first time um but i mean those those of you who were watching through the, for the first time have likely already watched season three during our uh, substantial between season hiatus. So this probably isn't overhyping for you because you probably already see it. But if you haven't, you'll make your own choices. You'll make your own your own decisions. Maybe your love for season three will inspire somebody to rewatch season three. I hope so. I hope so. I think that's always a good idea. I okay. mean, how many times have I watched Buffy and I still enjoy every watch of it? Yeah, it's just life is just one constant Buffy rewatch, let's be honest. Hell yeah. Okay, so Nick, take it away with the summary. Yes, ma'am. So as usual, we'll do our best to avoid spoilers beyond this episode, but today we are going to discuss this episode, spoilers and all. School is back in session and Buffy's friends are fending off vampires without the help of the Slayer. Buffy, on the other hand, has run away to Los Angeles with a new name and identity following the traumatic ending of season two, where she had an epic fight with her mom before having to kill Angel and save the world. Buffy runs into an old acquaintance by the name of Lily, who Buffy saved during an earlier episode. Lily gets wrapped into a plot where teenagers are drained of their youth, and while helping Lily find her missing boyfriend, both she and Buffy get sucked into a demon dimension where enslaved humans are forced to work for years while just one day passes on Earth, which is a lot what uh, adulthood feels like. Fighting her way out, Buffy (laughs) saves Lily and many others, closing the gateway permanently. Having been reminded of her real identity, Buffy heads back home. Right, where do we start, Allie? Uh, well, my first note is this is my first recording from Georgia. Uh, those following along in my personal life, I've moved to Atlanta, Georgia. So, woo, that's exciting. Um, after Welcome that, to the South. What, what? Uh, I'm looking forward to just like all sweater weather through the winter, but like not actually having to wear like scarves and hats and like big jackets and stuff. Just like all sweaters. It's going to be lovely. Mm gonna make cardigan time all the time mm-hmm. um this season this um cold opening before the intro is just littered with theme alert scenes like this that i mean this episode in general like so much of it is clips that end up in the mm-hmm. theme theme song mm-hmm. yeah i at one point just stopped tracking them because yeah lots of opening yeah. scene alerts um, I love how you so we start out the vampires rising and there's a there's a woman standing over it. You don't know exactly who it is. And then it's Willow. Yeah, it's definitely a bait and switch. Like, oh, maybe she came back. And, you know, and then you see it's it's Willow uh, doing her her darndest at a Slayer quip, you know, a for effort. 
that's right, big boy. Come and get it. (laughs) (laughs) Not the best, but you're right. A for effort. Yeah, not the best. And I love the line, he's getting away. And Al from Willow, (laughs) so funny. Uh, Yeah, it's so charming. It is. And also the king of charm, Oz. I love the realism of like this big buildup. Oh, oh, he's going to nail him. He throws the stake. And of course, like misses. Because uh, who can just pull that trick out of their back pocket without ages of practicing, you know? So thought that was really funny. Yeah, so real. He goes, that really never works. True, it doesn't. I mean, but it would have worked for Buffy, but... I still think he looked really cool while he attempted it, though. Totally. Oh, yeah. Look, total five out of five for, for looking cool. So Willow has also gotten quite the haircut. It's very going back to school after summer break. <laughs> yeah no this it's what they're doing very so cute sense. yep super cute also kind of the classic tv like and here's a new haircut for the new season mm-hmm. um so they reference that buffy is gone they reference that school is starting tomorrow i really mm-hmm. like how they're they're getting people caught up like they're doing it in a way that it it's like it's subtle it still fits in with the story they're not they're they're not like saying here's the exposition but they're very subtly like getting people caught up to speed who have who have you know who i don't know when it was airing it made sense yeah and definitely like within the context of like you would be talking about this anyway there were a fly in the wall or whatever so very very easily sets up and i actually think at this point still we're still at a point where theoretically you could come in and just like all you need to know is that like there are monsters, Buffy fights them, and these are her friends. And so, given that, I mean, actually, in that for this first cold opening, you see that they're vampires. You see that they're trying to fight them. Okay, school starts tomorrow. So it yeah. gives you like time and place, as well as just like context of how old these people are. Like, okay, they're people who still like worry about tests and or if you're Willow, you get excited about tests and assignments. Um, I loved school. I loved academia. Uh, I never got psyched for homework. Yeah, that still doesn't compute with me. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Hey, I know you were, you know, somewhere at seven o'clock in the morning, you were there until three o'clock. What would be more <laughs> fun than going home and continuing to do shit? Right. Right. Despite numerous tests and, and studies that show that there's way to teach that you don't need homework. But whatever. Mm. Mm. Problem for the next mm. generation, right? That's why I didn't go into teaching. Anyhow, yeah, good luck, guys. Um, so now we finally get to see Buffy. She's on a beach. Angel comes up to her all sultry and stuff. And I just wrote, mm, beach with Angel. That's my happy place too, Buffy. Good for her. I hope it's a good I hope it's a good time, Buffy, but unfortunately it's not because it's a nightmare and Angel has a creepy ass line. I'll never leave, not even if you kill me, which now that I say that actually, well, no, it is very creepy in context. Just on its face, though, I do never want David Boreanaz to leave me, so I'm not bothered by that. Yeah, I think that one comes down to tone. I think the right person saying it the right way and I'd be like, cool, sounds like a plan. (laughs) <laughs> just yeah this delivery though didn't give us the butterflies no no it definitely comes off sinister or foreboding you know not indicative of good things to come um so she wakes up and 
again, as Buffy always does, very quickly sets the scene. We hear the sounds of a city. She's absolutely not in her like sunny sirens home. Do its ominous yeah. sounds. Yeah. yeah, sirens, people, cars, all of the like your typical city sounds. She wakes up. Uh, we have a little continuity error when she sits up in bed. You can tell that she's wearing a cross necklace. Um, but when she gets up to go to the window, she is necklaceless. Allie, you know that I do research. I scour the internet for episodes <laughs> on, on episode notes before we record. The internet did not catch that one. You are a trailblazer. Well, you know, I think over these years, I've started to like, that's the one thing that I look at. What cross is she wearing? Which cross is she wearing? Uh, so that's that's one that I noticed. But I can see where the internet did, decided to not pick on that continuity error. Fucking idiots. All of them. Okay, so then we have our intro. Woo! And just drive a note about this intro when we get to the trivia section at the end of the episode. Oh, cool. Okay, so next scene. Buffy is a waitress. Uh, I don't think very happy about being a waitress. Uh, gross no. old guys are Ugh. hitting on her. And I know it's a thing. And literally smacking gross. her ass. They touch her. Yeah, keep your hands to yourself, people. How about we don't touch people ever? Don't touch people. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. My note was just like the immediate feminine rage at first the way that they were talking. And then again, the way that they fucking touched her. Like... This is why Taylor Swift went to the mat and sued someone for a dollar because he grabbed her ass. Yeah, and she fucking won, too. She did, yeah. Because it absolutely you know happened. how hard and... it is to win sexual harassment cases like that? It's like, really yeah, she fucking won. hard. She won her dollar. Fuck you, dude. Hell yeah. Yeah, and actually. Fuck these two fuck, old men, too. Darkly, funnily enough, when What's-His-Face from that 70s show, it, when it was posted that he actually got sent into jail, I was like, wait, what? White men actually get convicted and sent to jail for for rape? That actually happens. Yeah. 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 Hope you. Apparently, uh, apparently, sometimes we do win. Hope you were out there, buddy. Yep. So Buffy walks away and we see a uh, familiar face in Lily. I don't think that we've quite connected that that's who she is just yet. Not in that, not in the episode yet. Uh, Buffy is not a good waitress. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. No, oh, she would not be raking in the tips. Uh, she needs to fake it a little more, put a little sunshine, a little spring in that step. <laughs> and and just the fact that it's like such a such a like like a happy, bright outfit she is. I guess that's why they did that, right? They did that, mm -hmm. so it would be even more clear how grumpy she is. Yeah, no, that's yeah. okay. She's just, going through a lot, and that outfit is just immediately clear. Like I'm a diner waitress. I'm your average diner waitress. Very yeah. clear. Um, not gonna lie, Richie is gorgeous. Yeah, he's a cutie. <laughs> like, good on Lily. I get it. He Lily's a cutie too, though. I think that oh, I think yeah. that they're both lookers. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's super cute. And now that she's like a little more naturally made up, rather than when she was Chanterelle. Yeah. She yeah, just like very naturally beautiful. Yeah, yeah Lily as a look suits her better. That's for sure. They yep. talk about how they're trying to piece together some change to get something because they have spent all of their money. First of all, I have totally been there of trying to scrounge together the coins to pay for a McDouble from McDonald's. When we were in college, <laughs> Allie, with tax, it worked out to be a dollar and six cents. It is not that much anymore. It's much more now. That's yep. fine. 
so I've been there. However, uh, don't blow your money on tattoos in general. And I'm sorry if this is a hot take. That's an ugly ass tattoo. <laughs> it's I'm not sure if it's like ugly because it's not like they didn't have a good hand. Like the artist didn't have a good hand or anything like that. It's just basic as hell and just like so uninteresting. I just have a rule. I don't get, well, I'm going to get my dog's name tattooed. I don't get humans' names tattooed on me. Yeah. It's just a choice I've made for myself. Yeah. I mean, I've already said on this podcast, I'm not I'm not into tattoos for myself. I mean, every so often I have like thoughts that come up that like, if I were to get a tattoo, this is what it would be. But currently, I don't want to deal with the nonsense of having to cover it up for roles. I know I yeah. could, but like right now it's more hassle than I want. When I got my one tattoo, it's in color and they were like, okay, so you're going to have to like touch it up every now and again. And I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. That's fine. And now <laughs> it's time to touch it up. And I'm like, oh, why didn't I do that? Yeah, but like that was a why long time. Why did I get that, color? Oh. that was a long time ago. It's almost 10 years. Yeah. Like give it we're credit. Old, like if, if it takes 10 years for you to need a touch-up on your color tattoo, that's a long time. I've seen them give way shorter estimates of, like, like every three to five years. So oh, 10, 10 years isn't so, is. isn't so bad. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, well, you've convinced me. I'll get another one. Okay. Good, <laughs> Good talk. Good talk. So Lily says to Buffy, hey, do I know you? And then Buffy is spooked. She says to somebody she's not feeling well. She gets someone to cover for her and she ducks out of there. Well, because as a reminder, she, in theory, is still wanted for murder. So Good when point. she, yeah. yeah, she wasn't just expelled when she left Sunnydale. She was under investigation for Kendra's death. So it's not just like, oh, they're going to tell my mom. It's, oh, they might bring me in to throw me in jail. Yeah, that's that's a good point. It's not just tortured, sad Buffy. It's fugitive, potential fugitive Buffy. Yeah, exactly. So I, potentially very high stakes if someone were to snitch. Yeah. So yeah, she runs off. Uh, so are we in Sunnydale? Back at school. Back at school. First day of school. Always so exciting. Were you someone who like enjoyed back to school shopping and like planned your outfit and stuff? No. Okay, I did look fair. forward to I did look forward to the first day of school, not for the outfit. No, I liked buying school supplies. School supplies were fun. Did you like buying school supplies? Oh, it was my favorite. I mean, not to brag or anything, but I grew up in the Lisa Frank generation, so I had oh. all the best stuff. All of it. Those were like animal yeah. like, binders, right? That's yeah, Lisa Frank. In, in, in like, like neon, and, bright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. It was awesome. Neat. I had Lisa Frank everything. And now Good. that stuff fetches like hundreds of dollars on on like eBay and stuff. Wait, are you serious? What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you have an old folder, you can sell it for like 150 bucks. Or at least that's what people online are are posting them for. I don't know if that's what they're getting them for. But if you have, like, in really good condition, like, no ribs or crinkles and stuff, yeah, you can fetch it pretty funny. This wild. Hey, get your collectibles, folks. Okay, cool. Yep. And speaking of 90s things, Willow's purple corduroy hat, so 90s. Yeah, her and her damn hats are back. I don't <laughs> like her hats. 
but I think you know, work at Willow. Do your thing. I don't. I don't <laughs> consider them. I don't consider them fashionable, but they're cute. And they're very nineties. You're right. So I think you know, th- this is a. I was going to save this for the trivia section, but this scene they do all in one take. It is a long scene. There's a lot of extras. There's a lot of dialogue. So it's pretty impressive looking back that they did that. This is a sing. Well, I mean, not saying it's like they did it in one. That what we see is one all one shot. shot. Yeah. yeah, one shots are impressive. I actually didn't notice that this was a one shot. That's pretty great. Cordelia makes a joke about uh, not being a fan of organized fun. I agree because she's complete. So she was on vacation at some resort or whatever. And she's saying like the whole time they're just like bugging you to do activities. And I am so with you. If I, you know, it's great that they have activities and stuff, but like I don't need some like keppy resort person in shorts and a polo coming over and like dragging me to get involved. I hate that. I look back on how they kind of did that at college too. Do you remember when you were a freshman oh, and yeah. like orientation, all the overly, like, oh my God. Yeah, Please all the orientation leaders. Put me in the ground before you make me do an energizer with everybody. Don't do it. No, thank you. No, thank you. So I think, um, it, it, yeah, so wi- Willow debriefs with Giles. Giles has to be careful. I think a funny exchange that between Willow and Cordelia is Cordelia is flummoxed about seeing Xander and asks her twice, asks Willow twice, how's my hair? (laughs) It's still fine. It's adorable. Willow runs into Oz. Oh, wait. So I wrote down uh, Cordelia as well. I'll just have to make him remember. Get a girl, Cordelia. Add a girl. Get it, girl. Oz has was supposed to have graduated and then didn't and then was supposed to go to summer school and I guess didn't. So he is repeating senior year. And Willow has uh, ki- uh, concerns about this, and I share her concerns. Yeah, but I'm still a little flummoxed by how she's surprised at this. Does she not know that he wasn't going to school? Yeah. Right. Like, you were there at school, so you would have noticed if your boyfriend was there. So if he's the kind of guy who wasn't showing up to school, why would you expect him to show up to summer school? Or how did you not know that he wasn't at summer school? Right. Like, do y'all like not, was he lying? Right. Did you not see each other all summer? Or did he, like, because Oz owns it. He doesn't, I don't think he would lie and be like, yeah, summer school's great. Like, so you'd know that he wasn't going. So how did you think that he passed? That oh, doesn't make holes. it. I'm just a little, a little disappointed in in her, her lack of observation here. Yeah. yeah um, I and there's that. a. Another great quote, uh, there's some people excitedly, uh, I don't know, like running around the hallway or whatever, and a teacher goes, summer is over, be somber. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, I I think that this scene really nails the first day back at school vibe, Mm -hmm. just the like anticipation at seeing everybody. Xander and Cordelia do finally run into each other and it's really awkward. (laughs) Come on, guys. Yeah, I get that because like, especially at this point when we really didn't have cell phones or like Cordelia did, but I doubt Xander did. So it's not like you if you were going on vacation or something, you weren't hanging out. So all of a sudden, you are unsure of like what your status is and how are, how things are going or, you know, 
I love the check-in with Larry because we're checking in in all the different groups. We're seeing everybody. And Larry says, if we can focus and keep discipline and not have so many unexplained deaths, Sunnydale is going to (laughs) rule. You get him, Larry. Yes, you will. Sunnydale is very aware of their high mortality rate. It is, as they probably should be. And I think that this that this contrasts really well with the next scene. Are we ready to move to this one? This contrast, this high energy, peppy back to school. Yay, all of the optimism and all the opportunity of the new school year just contrasts really well with total sad girl Buffy with her sad can of soup in her shithole apartment <laughs> yeah, and her sad pigtails. And it's just, yeah. Yeah, no, it is it is not not a happy scene. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really the apartment I always prepared myself to live in as an actor, especially like growing up thinking like, all right, I'm not graduating, I'm gonna move to New York. That is the kind of apartment I always thought I'd I'd have to live in. And so far, I have escaped that apartment. We'll see. Never know. But Ooh, so far. Good stuff. I lived in some pretty shitty apartments, but they always had rooms. It was never shitty. Uh, square footage wise but it was very frequently shitty like my washing machine would leak water and they refused to fix it (laughs) yeah yeah because I was thinking about like I'm remembering your apartment in college and it was very basic I would have called it shitty but if your washer was leaking then like yeah that is pretty shitty yeah it wasn't it was not ideal but what can you do and you got to live by yourself, so worth it. Yeah, and it was under $1,000, which you cannot get for a one-bedroom anymore. So <laughs> Anymore, <you know>? anywhere. <laughs> like, anywhere, anywhere. Anyway, so um, I just, I like that we're meeting Chanterelle slash Lily again. I, I just really like her. She's a very engaging vibe, so good on the actress. I should have looked up who she is, but kudos to her. Kudos to her, indeed. Yeah, so they. this is when they kind of, when uh, Giles has also decided that there's another lead and he's going to go off and chase yes, down another lead, yes. which have been unsuccessful. We learned that Giles has been trying to trying to track down Buffy, not just waiting on her to come home. Oh, good point. Yeah, unsuccessfully, but you're right. He is making the effort to, yeah, very much try and find her. <laughs> so Buffy runs into Lily, and this is where they make the connection that Lily was Chanterelle. Lily uh, says to Buffy, I know how it is when you've got to get lost. It's really nice that, I don't know, Buffy found this character. Like, Buffy found what she really needed, like somebody else who kind of gets it. Yeah, and somebody else who who knows what she is. Yeah. So knowing that, like, it's not your average, like, I hate my parents and I ran away, or... Not that there aren't, like, more significant reasons to, to run away, but whatever. But, like, someone who knows that, like, she's she's not normal. Like, she's got a heavier burden than people do. So it's just, like, nice not to have to pretend to be something else to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to also be with somebody who has shared trauma is healing by itself. Yeah. So uh, Lily also asked Buffy to go and do something, and Buffy declines and the uh and i think I, this is where we learn that like lily really has 
nobody at all. I think like Buffy then like oh, she's like I don't want to go, but you and Ricky can go. Like I, yeah, I don't know why I'm noting that, but it felt like a nice yeah moment yeah. between the two of them. And we catch a we catch a, mo- a glimpse of this guy who he's passing out flyers, and we'll see he's ends up you know a significant character in this episode. This actor is in and like is in like an episode or two of everything like he is that like featured character and just like everything he was in she spies he's been in i don't know i think he's probably been in an episode of criminal minds like he's he is like he is a very consistent worker he is not usually like a lead lead but if he needs to be like a lead of like an episode of something serious like he was he was an episode of psych he yeah just like he's all over the place I have more to say about this in the trivia section, but he was also an angel and Firefly. Yes, I remember that episode. Yes, he's in the pilot of Firefly. Mm. And yeah, I definitely clock him in an angel to be like, uh, <laughs> we've seen you in this universe before. Right. I feel I get the immediate ick from him. Yes, I get he, immediate yes. wannabe youth pastor vibes. Ugh. That's the th- that's the other thing is he's in an episode of everything and he's ninety nine percent of the time a skis a shady guy. A skis, yeah. yeah, yeah. That is exactly what he is. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry he was born with this face, but it is shady vibes immediately. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't don't talk to him. Don't yeah, talk to him. Whatever guys. he says, don't it's probably it. not what's true. <laughs> So um, also in this exchange with Lily and Buffy, a dude kind of walks rudely through the middle of them and he Mm. looks back at Buffy and he goes, I'm no one. And he walks into traffic and then Buffy pushes him out of the way of the car and gets hit. Yep. As she does. And cut to commercial. Very dramatic. And cut to commercial. Um, After commercial, we get this little montage of the homeless people. Uh, which I thought was a nice, a, a little nice moment. Oh, I thought it was bizarre. This, I, you know, this, like, I thought it was a montage little... that feels like a PSA. I was like, well, what? Which is, is true. What? And I think, I think it was a nice way of like not dodging it because this is what that is what these characters are. And that is specifically the danger of this episode is like these are the people who are being preyed on, the people who are like have nothing, don't have people to go to. Like those are the people who end up homeless and like those are the people who are easily preyed on. So I thought it was nice that they like gave it a small spotlight. Hmm. I like to think that after the episode, they maybe had one of those like hotline PSAs or something like that. Oh, I would like that. And and I do think it makes sense because she's clearly, she's in L.A. And that was one of the things I noticed about L.A. is the homelessness is rampant. Like having to change the side of the street you were walking on to get somewhere because there was an encampment on the street, like on the sidewalk. Like it, it was wild. Like I, you've been around Baltimore. You've been around DC. Like it is ten times that. Yeah, yeah. It's really sad. It's a crisis that's only getting worse too. Yeah, exactly. So housing's yeah. a right. Let's yeah. Anywho, moving on from that. But, um. So yeah, actually, actually, kind of liked it. Um. So we're back in Sunnydale. We're at the Bronze. Um. Everyone's a little bit mopey. 
but they're hanging out on that gold velvet couch and I'm here for it. I want that couch. That's funny. I didn't even notice the couch. Yep. I love it. But they, they, they have little vignettes there in mm-hmm. the, in the bronze. Yeah. On the, on the couch in the bronze. Yeah. Yeah. They are all, uh, they're kind of talking about how to be better at slaying and Xander sees Cordelia walk in and she looks ravishing. Of course. And Xander goes, I know how. Bait. And he's about to he's about to pimp out his girlfriend to kill vampires. Better. Yeah. I feel like this would be less of a dick move if they were on like surer ground. <laughs> Like be like, all Maybe right, if- we're all we're all part of the team, and this is your role. We all have our roles. This is yours. Uh, but the fact that they're still like, they only had that awkward interaction, and they're still like, are we together? And then he's like, hey, welcome back. You're gonna play bait. Yeah, and he just like <laughs> signs her up. Like, are we gonna ask Cordelia if she's game to be bait? I mean, they got her there, so I guess they told her at some point. Yeah, they. I guess they convinced her, but I don't know. This is this is number one of this season of uh, me coming to defense and Cordelia potentially when she doesn't need or wants to be defended. But I would die for her. Anyways, uh, the next scene uh, we see Joyce at home and she's paying bills or something, and there's a knock at the door and she kind of looks up like hopefully, but it's Giles. It's Giles. Yep. So she's been upset. And he says, you mustn't blame yourself for her leaving. And I'm like, uh, I don't really think that's true. Maybe like a little bit. There's there's like, yeah, maybe go ahead. She, yeah. said, she said she crossed one of the like biggest lines of being a parent, which is when you kick your child out of your house or give them an ultimatum of if you do X, don't don't even bother coming home. Like. She said yeah, that. She, she crossed she the line. She used fighting words. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she used fighting words. And we talked about this at the end of yep. the last episode, too. Uh-huh. She used the fighting words. Buffy ran out. And there was no effort to immediately yep. run back Yep. Herself. You saw her face yeah. fall, but she, like, immediately regretted saying it. But she did not also immediately either run out the door or immediately go get in her car to track her down. Like, it's Giles who's running all over the country looking for her, not her. I get that parents make mistake make mistakes, but she does not get to shirk blame, which is exactly what she does. And I I don't always diss Joyce because most of the time I think she's a great mom. And I think she deserves a lot of credit. But then she immediately shirks brain. She says, I don't blame myself. I blame you. And I don't think that's very fair to Giles at all because I just, it's like she's never watched a superhero movie or any kind of like, a detective novel or or anything like that. Like, just like not understanding the concept of a secret identity. It was like, bitch, she didn't even trust you to tell you about her secret identity. So like, why would she tell you about like all this other stuff? And this also goes back to my consistently made point that they should have made some kind of cover story ages ago mm. that... Mm which is totally on Giles because he's the watcher. He should have thought to have some kind of cover story of like some kind of club or apprenticeship or like work study or something that would have justified all of the time spent. So that wasn't just like, I don't know where Buffy is. I'd be like, okay, well, she's like at the library with Giles and people like, 
It's just totally unfair. That's interesting. I blame both of them, honestly. I blame Joyce because she did what you don't, one of the few lines as a parent that you don't cross ever. And I also partially blame Giles exactly for the reason you're saying, where I'm like, dude, we could have all seen that this was going to blow up at some point. We didn't okay. think that this was going to go profoundly poorly at some point. Like, why... I don't know, but I don't oh, know exactly I'm, I'm not how taking, the pie chart plays out. I'm but. not taking blame off of Giles. I'm just saying it's not fair for Joyce to blame Giles. I yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, both I, of y'all are right. Oh yeah, here. they yeah. both are totally to blame. But I don't think Joyce has any legs to stand on yelling at Giles. Yeah, Joyce, can you take some accountability here because you kicked your kid out of her house and then she left, and right. now no, that was that was your fault. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, parenting. Do better. Do better. Yeah. Okay. We're back at work. Buffy is back at work. Yeah. Uh, Lily comes in panicking and she wants to talk to Buffy and Buffy isn't available. But yes. Lily wants to talk to Buffy because Ricky's gone and Lily thinks that something has happened to him. Yep. And as usual, well, I guess not as usual. She's very resistant to getting back in the game. But, of course, she can't help it. So she does, is she, like, walking home or something and she sees the homeless person? Or what she expects is a is somebody? Uh, that, so we are going to get there. But okay. um, before that, they go note. to the blood center. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. so they go to the blood center. They're looking for, they're, like, kind of retracing their steps. So Buffy okay. and Lily are at the blood center. A nurse, at, or they ask a nurse if Ricky's been in, and um, and Buffy goes uh, that like she's talking about searching for Ricky. Buffy goes, "This will probably go faster if we split up." And Lily nods and she goes, <laughs> "Can I come with you?" <laughs> Buffy's like, Sweetie. "What part of that did you not get?" Yeah, just the 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 contrast between the two, like Buffy's hyper independence and Lily's hyper. What is the opposite? Dependence? Yes. Yeah. Is absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Pretty much the core of her problems is her dependence and lack of lack of buffiness. Yep. So the nurse uh, says that Ricky hasn't been in. So they leave. But the nurse kind of looks at the door and there's like ominous music and the viewers oh, are yeah. like. Yeah. And this is another person who has been in like an episode of lots of things. And again, it's almost always like. A mean person, like bossy, rude, bully kind of kind of thing. So you're not surprised when you're like, she's hiding something. Yeah, you're evil. Yeah, you have to be. Mm -hmm. And then this is when we get to Buffy snooping around. She goes through a decrepit house. By the way, Lily, if you ever find yourself staying in a house that's literally like falling apart like that, don't anywhere else. That's a hazard. Don't do that. Yeah. I mean, those are the kinds of places that, are, are easy to to squat in. So I think that's, I think the decrepitness is probably why she was there. I, yeah, I, yeah, you're right, but I felt protective of her. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, there are probably better structured abandoned places. So maybe find a different abandoned place. But anyway, so she finds. This is where she finds the guy, yeah. So it's where she finds the guy. She sees the tattoo. She knows it's Ricky. Um, so she and Lily are back in her apartment and Lily, she, Lily like 
doesn't believe her. She says, but Buffy says, I'm sure it was. Because she's like, are you sure it was him? She's like, I'm sure it was. But she doesn't mention that tattoo. Thank you. I had this note too. Yeah, it is like, it it is it is a fight the two of them are having. Right. Lily's not believing Buffy. Buffy is like, no, I'm sure. Buffy, this is one of those times where if we had just been a little clearer, been right. a little more honest here. You had evidence. This... It's not like she was trying yeah. to give her false hope and say that like, oh, maybe. Like she is saying that like, she found him dead. So why wouldn't you give all of the evidence, especially like really empirical evidence, that that is who you're talking, who she found? That I think that's just like such an oversight from the writers. I don't understand it. Like Buffy it minus also a point has today. this. They yeah, lazy writing. Buffy says uh, this is something you're just gonna have to deal with. You can't just close your eyes and hope things are gonna go away. Mm. Uh, <laughs> listen i like we're being a little on the nose here with like what buffy is doing and what she's yeah. saying but also just this is something you're just gonna have to deal with to say that to somebody who has just found out that their partner killed themselves uh yeah let i know you're going through a lot here buffy yeah let, it's pretty let. it's pretty selfish and tone deaf that was not super kind no, no, not even remotely. She's very, she's in a, in, in quite a state. Uh, definitely one of those like mid, mid sentence where you realize who you're really talking to, or hopefully you realize who you're really talking to. Hopefully. So uh, Lily storms out and she runs into a skeezy cult youth pastor man, yep. Ken. This Ken. By the way, this I Ken's know. This Ken's job I, is cult leader. <laughs> yeah. Is cult. Yeah, we like we like that Ken. We like my dad, whose name is Ken. Yeah. I'm just, maybe this man has ruined I'm the name Ken one. for me. Mm-hmm. But the name that, that I don't, I'm skeptical. I'm instantly skeptical of any man named Ken. I'm like, mm, it, do, it does feel like one of those names that it would be like, like you said, creepy pastor. Or like you meet, Ken. you meet the parents of the like super religious girl in your class and it's like Ken and Marie or something like that or like and Marie that's or, another like, one of those totally yeah or 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 a really long like Susanna Marie or something like that like <laughs> these are the like uber religious like Susanna Marie is wearing like a cardigan and like a floral dress down to her ankles I was gonna say yeah like a like a floor length skirt uh-huh. has to be too yeah exactly <laughs> Exactly. Uh-huh. Oh, classic. Yeah. Well, I hope we haven't just offended anybody. Oh, well. Sorry, gang. I don't care. Okay, so uh, uh, Ken also says to Lily, you're Lily. And, and, and he says, oh, Ricky is with him. He says to Lily, like, come with me. Ricky's ben. back at the shelter or wherever. Just Lily... Because manipulators are going to manipulate. And, you know, she's been in one cult. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's not surprising. I guess it's not surprising. You're right. But if, like, the man comes... Okay, to be fair, if somebody offered me a puppy from a back of a van, I would go. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, your puppy... You just found out your puppy was dead, but someone was like, oh, it's your puppy right here. Then we'd probably go with them. 
Okay, we need to move on immediately. I'm thinking about my dog being dead and I can't handle it. Please move on. Nope, nope, nope. Ruffy nope. breaks into the blood bank. Yes. So the uh, shady nurse from, from before comes in. She's like, what are you doing? And Buffy says, breaking into your office and going through your private files. Yes. <laughs> Buffy was a bitch to Lily, but I love this gift. No fucks. And then she, and then the nurse says, I'm calling the police. And Buffy, without even looking <laughs> up, breaks the hood off the wall. So awesome. I love it. This is it. one of those times where I'm, where, where I'm like remembering back of the scale of all of Buffy's like memorable moments. And this is one that sticks out to me that breaking one. into your office and going through your private files. Yeah. Yeah. And she also, cause she's come, she's kind of venting cause she's like, I didn't even want to do this. Like, you know, I, I just wanted to live a simple life. I don't even, some you know, she the house with a tea cozy. She's like, I don't even know what a tea cozy is, but I want one. <laughs> I love that. I want you to have a tea cozy too, Buffy. And so the nurse says, it sounds like she she's in cahoots with Ken and she kind of flags the healthy people who could go missing for mm-hmm. Ken, mm-hmm. presumably. Yeah, or or people who clearly have no other connections. Because if you're yep. coming in to donate blood, like, for the cookies and for the couple bucks, like, you can probably spot those people who aren't just, like, doing my part for the community and I'm going to come donate blood. Like, you can tell the people who are doing it for, for a couple bucks and some cookies. Yeah. Yeah. So we're now with Ken and Lily in the shelter, whatever he called it. Um, and he says, time for the cleansing. He's like, oh, you want Because she's changing into like a, you know. A garbage bag. Garbage bag. She looks and, like Dobby. Yeah, she looks like Dobby-ass. Um, and <laughs> he's like, all right, well, you want to use your, your own clothes for the cleansing. They'll get soaked. And she's like, oh, so the cleansing is like a baptism? Homegirl. So you are just down to join another cult. These are the yeah, red flags. Yeah, run away. If, uh, if, a, if, a, if a social service demands that you strip your clothes and cleanse yourself, this is not a real social service. Right, because again, social services tied to religion is also like no bueno. No bueno. Like people who like make you jump through hoops, then they're not doing it for the right reasons because yeah, you shouldn't church, have to jump through hoops for hope. For, a church can do a soup kitchen, and that's cool. But if the church makes you go to a service or right. the soup kitchen, or before that's you just can... a, that's a multi-level market. Exactly thing. right. Or like before you can get in line for food, they like make you say a prayer or something. Like no, 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 no. no. That food isn't gonna. They're, they're no, 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 no. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I so instantly we, turned off. Buffy runs in. And jumps in through the portal thingy with Lily. So they both come down. Uh, and we see the guards who are really scary. 10 out of yeah. 10. Good job, designers. Those were, they're creepy. Yeah. Yeah. They got the hell dimension, at least guards wise. They they did really well. Yep. Ken falls into and his face literally falls off. Gross. So can you pull out, please? <laughs> God damn it. She's like scratching at her bed. Actually, no, get comfortable, girl. Do your thing. This is going to be fun to edit, Allie. Ken says to Lily and Buffy, welcome to my world. I hope you like it. You're never leaving. So welcoming. Creepy asshole. Yeah. 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 So they're 
in this creepy place and definitely immediately like with the guards and everything you're like okay yeah i can see myself getting emotionally beaten down like looking at those guys and if i weren't a superhero probably wouldn't want to fight back with that um and ken has as kind of a poignant line uh because i think they're in uh, they're tossed into cells and i think one of them says like what is this place or it's just like it's hell Mm -hmm. and he says what is hell but the absence of hope and you're like okay yeah yeah you're evil but you're not wrong and what is that meme the worst person you know just made a really valid point shit hate that i hate when that happens when that happens uh just a note on this cell that they're in there is a laughable skeleton in the background like just totally <laughs> on the nose, like from a Halloween store, just a skeleton laying there in the that. bed behind Lily. Yeah. Uh, Ken also kind of goes through the mechanics of the place about how time moves more quickly in this dimension. So a hundred years is going to pass there and only a minute is going to, or only a day is going to, only a minute, only a day is going to pass on earth. Yeah. So that explains the whole Ricky thing. Makes sense now. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of charming that Ricky uh, apparently remembered Lily's name for years yeah. longer than he remembered his own. So it was indeed true love. That whole Nick being an asshole about the tattoo thing turns out it was a good idea because they oh. were actually meant to be. Not it. It makes it not a horrible idea. It doesn't necessarily make it a good idea. Just not a horrible idea. Don't good distinction. Don't don't get that kind of couple tattoo. I've seen a lot of cute couple tattoos, but there's more creative things. You don't have to get their name. Anyway. Yeah, still a rule, still a rule to not get the name. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ken makes kind of a second poignant note here. To I think it's poignant, even though it's evil. Um, he congratulates Buffy on getting her wish of having disappeared. He's like, you did it. You disappeared. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, that. Ouch. <laughs> I don't think that's exactly what she had in mind, but yeah, careful yeah, what you wish for, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not great when you okay. when you fall into those kinds of those kinds of areas. Uh, no, definitely not. Not good. We have another one of my favorite moments. I, yeah, I think I know it. That we an ugly guard is going up and down the row of victims. He's saying, "Who are you?" One guy says his name and he like hits him with a big stick or something. Next person he goes, who are you? And they say, I'm no one. Then he gets to Buffy and he says, who are you? And what does Buffy say, Ali? I'm Buffy, the vampire slayer. And you are so cheeky. <laughs> the cheek. So I love cheeky. it. And then, of course, you know, badass brawl ensues. Pretty dope. We have more theme alerts. Her like swinging around that pole. That was that's absolutely in the theme. Pretty great. Yeah, just fight sequence that she has where she's just kicking ass. Yeah. The choreography is incredible. This is a badass scene. What a season premiere. Definitely them planting their feet to be like, we're here. We're no longer playing. This isn't like our first full season. Like, this is season three, bitches. We're here. We came to play. We have actual money now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that uh, in in previous episodes throughout the first and second season, it was really clear, at least when I was watching, when the stunt double kicked in, it was still like 
I don't know, but like the production quality has kicked up a lot in that sense too, where that was a lot cleaner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really like this sequence. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty pretty boss fight, and she's pulling out all these great moves. Of course, always using her creativity. But what I think is awesome is we end the fight ends very simply though when Lily pushes Ken off a ledge, and I was like, okay, yeah, you know, simple but effective. Yeah, yeah, Lily or that Ken has taken Lily because Buffy. There's no stopping Buffy. He's like taking Lily and has a knife up to her. And is that what happens? Yeah, yeah. He's like, you need to stop if because I'll kill Lily. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Lily ends up pushing him off and killing him that way. Or yeah. no, 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 no. Sorry, doesn't kill him, doesn't kill him. Oh, my God, I'm getting lost in my notes. I'm sorry, I like Doesn't kill him because Buffy gets the kill. Anyways, yeah. what's your next note, Allie? But still, but still pretty, pretty awesome. Um, yeah, she just pushes him. I pushed him. <laughs> no, push him. No, no, no. Wait, hold back. <laughs> <laughs> she said Buffy says why see my impression of Gandhi then like smashes him with the guards big club thingy and Lily says Gandhi and Buffy says well you know he was really pissed off <laughs> all right the whole Buffy failing history is starting to to come up yeah, we've potentially used all of our creative Slayer puns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I during this sequence, too, we've seen Lily, Lily's leadership. Like, Buffy tells Lily to go, like, organize the people to run away. And Lily's mm-hmm. like, you're leaving me. And Buffy goes, you can do this. Mm-hmm. And and she does. She leads everybody out. And, yeah, that moment where so they've escaped and, like, yeah, I think and, like, that's how, has come up behind them. I think that's how he ends up on the on the balcony because he's like seeing Buffy fight all of his guards and Lily's off getting everybody back up the portal and then she sneaks up behind him just pushes just pushes him and then he gets impaled in a gate which is a fitting end to him I think yep yep that was pretty awesome there's another quotable quote from Buffy here um Ken has taken control of Lily and um he so Buffy has stopped and um, it Ken goes, that was not permitted. And Buffy <laughs> goes, yeah, but it was fun. <laughs> Definitely pretty awesome. Like that. And it is, it is pretty wonderful to see her wake up during this fight scene. Yeah. Like she yeah, lost herself. Yeah, kind of the spark go back to her. Uh-huh. Yeah. And kind of realizing maybe it's not just what she's supposed to be doing. It's like what she kind of wants to be doing or you know remembering kind of all of that even with the you know the negative side of it kind of yeah that's what you this is what you need to be doing it's like when hayden complains complains about his long hours at the restaurant it's like yeah but like it's what you want right yeah or teachers who complain who like you know they struggle through all the stuff and it's like but real like it's it's still like you wouldn't rather be doing anything else yeah, yeah, Paul too. I'm like, you like being tortured a little bit. Come on. A little bit. Come on. Yeah. You you need this. You need this mm-hmm. level of drive. Like you, yeah. Yeah. So uh Buffy, they they get Buffy and Lily get everybody back to the normal dimension. And it's kind of wild if you think about it. Just somebody who is just standing in that room with the creepy 
with the with the portal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Somebody in that room would have seen them go down and literally like 10 seconds later pop right back up. Yeah. I mean, I guess if Ricky came back, if they spat him back out like in a day in our time, they I guess they'd see people in and out of that portal every day, right? Yeah. Yeah, true. But also, how fucked up are those people? Because they know what's going on. Because they're seeing young yeah, people go in and old-ass people yeah. come out. So just like, what are they getting in this? Yeah. That's kind of a theme we keep coming back to is that theme has come up before. The the idea of like, like these demons are, are, I mean, they are evil and they're the villain. But I don't know. The humans with the souls are... Oh, yeah, they do just as shitty stuff yeah and i'll and they have souls too presumably exactly i was about to say i was like and they're doing it without the excuse of not having a soul yeah come on pretty shitty okay so buffy gives lily a tour through her (laughs) little studio yeah yeah which you know it's all you need it's got a little kitchen in it it's got a bathroom it's got a bed you know true i bet I bet I bet if you had that studio, you'd make it cute, Allie. You're good at that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, I can't stand bare walls. Absolutely not. Buffy gives Lily a job at the diner. Lily says, "I'm not great at taking care of myself," and Buffy says, "It gets easier. It takes practice." Very true. Very true. And I love, I love the idea of this just being kind of you know kind of Lily's origin story. Or Anne now. Um, And I I just, I love picturing, you know, she really takes this second chance, third chance. However Uh, many, yeah, however (laughs) yeah. You can always reinvent yourself, always. I believe that. Totally, totally. But I I love to think of her having a happy end. Kind of of the happy end that Buffy kind of never really gets to have as a Slayer. Um, Because there's really no going back once you start i mean even if for some reason she got to retire no spoilers but like you'd still know about everything that's out there you know so i love to think of like lily gets to have the happy ending because of buffy if when we get when we finish buffy and we get to angel who knows we may learn more about where Anne has launched off from here who knows I, as I'm, I'm so embarrassed to admit it, but I've only watched Angel all the way through once, so I actually don't remember what you're referring to. But maybe we'll get. Who to- knows? I might not be referring to anything. We'll find out, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you're just like throwing that out there. Who knows? So <laughs> we're once again at the Summers house. Joyce hears the door and is kind of expecting it to be nothing, because you know, dramatic. You always have to have opposite expectations of what's coming. And it is Buffy this time. And my last note of the episode is just that Joyce is sporting some classic ruffle edge sleeves. So 90s. <laughs> my note was that the hug between the two of them gave me goosebumps. Oh, so sweet. But I like a 90s note too. Okay, what a scene. Can we dig into trivia and then hot takes? I would be so happy. Okay, so trivia. Let's see. Okay, like we talked about, the scene in the school at the beginning is a single shot, which is pretty neat. It's almost four minutes. 
uh, some shorts. You remember the PSA montage thing that we saw mm-hmm. with the homeless kids? Um, some of those clips of that shorts are used in the opening titles of Angel. Oh, okay. Yep. That makes sense. Na, 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 na. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. That talk, talk uh, about chills. Talk about go- goosebumps. That intro music, goosebumps. It is good. My yeah. my mom. Yeah, that of, is a good song. My mom will never forgive me for giving up violin because I was starting to learn that. Oh. <laughs> it's never too late to reinvent yourself, Allie. No. Pick it back up. I guess violins are expensive, though. Don't do that. Yeah, no. Okay. The Buffy theme song has been remastered. So okay. I didn't notice any difference, but there is apparently a difference in the opening song from season two to season three. When Buffy says, I'm Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and you are, this is the first time that Buffy has ever referred referred to herself as Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah. It will happen one more time in season six. Wow. Uh, The demons in the hell dimension uh, are going to come up in an episode of Angel. Oh. So we're going to see the ugly, creepy, scary men later okay cool 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 this to me is the most interesting piece of trivia so ken the actor's name is carlos jipcott jaycott and then i don't know he has appeared in two other josh whedon series like we talked about angel and firefly Mm -hmm. so he's appeared in three josh whedon shows uh that actor is one of five actors for whom that's true so we've talked a lot about how joss has you know a lot of same people that's very true here oh now i'm trying to think through because i know two of the firefly cast one is i know mal isn't buffy and jane is an angel but i'm trying to think of who's in all three huh that'll come to me later i'm sure i can think of it they're my the others are minor characters. I know, I know two of the others offhand. Yeah. And two of the others, I forget. But yeah, they're very they're minor characters. But pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, that is that's sort of my well, to be a bigger character, like a an Amy Acker level, uh, for I want to be someone's go to actor. How you know how like directors these days have casts that they continue to work with. That's that's kind of the dream. I'm like I'm awesome. I'm. You want to work with me? Yeah. But I no well, longer. You're a hard worker too. I no longer uh, have Joss Whedon on my list of people who I think that's going to happen with. Yeah, that's good. Currently, currently, I really, really, really want to work with Greta Gerwig because obviously. Oh yeah. Or maybe it'll be some up and comer who we don't even know about yet. Also true. And then. We're gonna launch the Black Cat TV series. Hell yeah, yeah! And uh, as and of, we can't even fathom who it's gonna be or how amazing it's gonna be. I don't know. Uh, last night, uh, Colleen, former guest of the pod, and I were spitballing ideas for and trademark. Well, I guess there's a lot of room in the space, but Hallmark Christmas movies, but for the Halloween season. Oh, so like spooky love stories. Yeah, or just like it doesn't have to be spooky, but like instead of a Christmas tree farmer, it's a pumpkin farmer. 
You know, so oh, it's still like you that. can still have all of the same tropes, all the same rules, but it's just like it's an apple picking farm or instead. Yeah, but fall season. Yeah, but fall. I like I think yeah. Yeah. People fucking love the fall. Right. Right. Like Bitches they love, love fall. Christmas. Right. Yeah. Right. Especially the fall now. Is amazing. Especially now when the internet is campaigning to have just like spooky season be all year long. Uh, I think the market is ripe for this right now. And apparently, Colleen literally had on her her dating app when she met her husband, it said that her dream job was to write Hallmark Hallmark movies or Lifetime movies. Oh my God, that's so funny. So, Wait, we'll okay, see. so we already have the dream partnership. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. She was like, yeah, I'll write them out and you can star in them. And I was like, perfect. Mwah. Oh my goodness, perfect. So shout out to my okay. first feature collaborator, Colleen. Yes, Colleen. I'll miss you. Yep. Oh, she's a doll. She I is. Her. She is a doll. Okay. My, uh, I, I, I have, I have kind of a hot take and then kind of like a, kind of like a question. Uh-huh. So, okay. So this theme that has come up in the episode of running away from problems doesn't make them go away. Okay. Okay. Buffy very much wants to, and she has disappeared. But she's finding, even though she has run away, she's still very unhappy. She lives in this shithole apartment. It's job that sucks. She's being sexually harassed. She still has the trauma of what she dealt with. That hasn't gone away just because she's run away. Right. It's also interesting that she gets mad at Lily for trying to do the same exact thing that she has done. So there's mm-hmm. a projection happening here. Ken is actually spot on in congratulating Buffy on getting her wish <laughs> out of disappearing. And it's... It's kind of interesting that Buffy is, she's been trying to become no one, but it's when that asshole demon tries to tell her she's no one. It's like when somebody else is telling her, that's when she's like, fuck no, I'm not no one, I'm Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. So we have this like idea of running away from problems doesn't make them go away, and you have to face them or whatever and all of that. And I'm not going to say that a teenager running away is ever a good thing, but I do think there are some times where maybe you don't maybe you don't run away from your problems, but you hit the pause button on them for a little bit. I so think like, that's valid. Actually, yeah. As you were talking about that, I was about to have like a well, actually, because a, a common coping coping mechanism is not running away, but like distraction. I have found that is one of my common coping mechanisms, uh, dealing with the loss of my dad. And my therapist, shout out Michelle, has actually said distraction is absolutely healthy, or at least in my situation and in and in other similar situations, because you can't process big things all at once. You, you just can't. Yeah. They're overwhelming. Yeah. So sometimes so that you can process in little bits, distraction is healthy. So I agree with you that um, you can't always, you probably shouldn't run away from your problems, but from time to time taking a break from your problems not a bad idea yeah let them simmer down mm-hmm. let them marinate they're still gonna they're not going anywhere right. just let me like let me let me chill here for a second totally right yeah i i think there's also some good things that have come out of buffy leaving too mm-hmm. mostly that her mom realized she done fucked up yeah and i like that that joyce and giles have it out I mean it too, because that needed to happen. That was like fucked up both of what they did. So Yeah. Agreed. I don't know. I just I didn't I didn't want that to get lost in 
everything that like sometimes actually it is okay to step away from your problems for a little bit. Yeah. And then sometimes even in horrible situations, good things can come out too. Well, I think it's it's definitely a value because I mean, obviously hers is in a very extreme situation going from, you know, job wise, vampire slayer to waitress. But I do think that is part of the value in trying different things because you know, we're in this world of options um, in this age of the internet and social media. We can see all of these different options. So I think it's good to try different things because sometimes you learn, oh, I hated that. I actually really liked where I was. You know, kind of like you, mm-hmm. have, to, mm-hmm. you have to move away to know that like you actually liked it back where you were, you know. And mm-hmm. so I think she needed this time to like, can I, can I escape being the Slayer? It, you know, because she's always she said that a lot of the time. She's had that like, well, what if like Kendra just took over or, you know, all these things like, well, can I just like take a break and go to Disney? Or like she's she's definitely talked about it over the last two seasons. So I think it is of huge value for her to actually like give it a shot. What what if I tried to have like I mean, it's not a normal life for a 17 year old, but it is in a way a quote unquote normal life. So and she still ended up slaying. And that's where she thrived. That's where she was, like, kicking ass and clearly, like, in her body again and accepting, like, feeling good about herself. Yeah, and it turns out not only, like, not only, like, the Destiny stuff, she can't not be the Slayer, which we knew. But she also, I think, wants to be the Slayer. Yeah. Yeah. To your point, like, she has realized, like, she did step away from it. And that was where... I don't know. It turned out it was a big source of meaning for her. Well, we had that moment in the first season where there was some time, there was like an acceptance of, I'm trying to remember which episode it was, but it was, you know, not just like, this is what I have to do. It's like, this is what I get to do. Like, this is awesome. This kid's ass, like her appreciating that. But it's funny you bring up Destiny because kind of going back to the whole Lily thing, maybe her leaving was her destiny. Because if she hadn't gone mm-hmm. there, she wouldn't have been able to save everybody from that cult. She wouldn't have been able to save Lily. And like how random that this one person who escaped a cult, a pretty small cult, that she freed in this huge city of Los Angeles, she happens to run into, happens to get to save them. You know, she could have just, she could have run into her, but they never got taken by the cult. Like so many of those, you know, dominoes and stuff. So maybe that was her destiny that she had to go go there to affect other people's lives get all that in motion i really love that thought yeah that that deck had to be stacked in just the right way mm-hmm. i i struggle with the with the character of lily and what exactly her point in the story was did she teach buffy something or did buffy i well like buffy obviously taught lily a lot but like what what was what was Buffy supposed to learn from Lily, and was the audience supposed to learn anything from Lily's character, or was it just about activating Buffy's again? I think she's a little bit there as a foil to Buffy. Like Buffy is the epitome of self sufficiency and self competency, and like just like all of that. So uh, she's Lily's basically the antithesis of that. But I think in her teaching lily it ends up bringing stuff out of herself i think she ends up learning like like she has that she's like totally telling lily off but is end up ends up like the "Mm, you should say it in the mirror that kind of thing so Mm -hmm. i think through Mm -hmm. seeing all of that in her 
I that's how she ends up seeing it in herself. And I think she ends up having that aha moment. And we get to see Lily start to take charge. And we get to see kind of that seed of Lily growing. Yeah, that was nice to see. Lily is presented as this super dependent, meek, and almost weak person. But then we actually see her take charge. And yeah. like we we see throughout the episode that she's a lot more capable than she thinks she is. Maybe yeah. there's a lesson there too. I think so. I think I think that is and kind of the we you have to, you know, you you learn to be self sufficient because you have to. So if she you know doesn't want to end up on the side of the road or in a morgue, you know that she has to learn to take care of herself. And I guess we'll find out, or we won't. Who knows if she does that? Damn it! Now I'm gonna have to watch Angel again. Or, or in another couple of years when uh, I'm not actually not getting that that far away. We'll see. We'll see if this becomes a twice a week uh, podcast. <laughs> oh, Lord. What notes of yours did we not get to? We got to all of my notes. Solid. Yeah. I tried to sit back and enjoy this episode and not take down every quote or, you know, all that. Also, this quote, this episode had, had a very little Cordelia, so they're... It's not a ton of quotes I had to take down. Yeah. <laughs> we can give ourselves a break from the quotable quotes. Yeah. For an episode that doesn't, that features more of our queen more. Yep, for yep. sure. No, I think just in general, uh, more like a takeaway was this was a really good season premiere. Yeah. 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 This was a fantastic season premiere from, yeah, the the world making the way they made Los Angeles this scary place and and like the fight choreography. Yeah, this mm-hmm. was a fantastic season premiere. Mm-hmm. And I think they dropped a lot of hints into like the kind of stuff we're going to deal with. You know, obviously, like we have the two couples back in Sunnydale. We have the relationship with mom and Giles, relationship with Buffy and her herself her, as a slayer. Um, I think those are all going to be continuing and bigger themes throughout the season. And I can't wait to talk through all of it with you, Allie. Same. Although, we'll see how... I'm interested to see what you think of this next episode because it is it is not my favorite. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so I, know. I have a lot to say just based off my memory. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I know I don't, I'm not usually the one saying that, so we'll, we'll see how, how the next one goes. So I think that about does it for this episode. Thank you so much uh, for joining us for today's episode, and we hope to be with you next time as we discuss Season 3, Episode 2, Dead Man's Party. And if you're just too excited to wait until the next episode to chat, feel free to send us an email at tabularousabpod at gmail.com. That is T-A-B-U-L-A-R-A-S-A-B-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can say hello to us on some configuration of social media. It's changing constantly. We've been saying Twitter, but that's like run by a horrible person. I don't know. Try Instagram and TikTok right now at, at tabularasabpod. And uh, just, again, we'd be really thrilled if you'd leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast, if you shared this with people who you thought might be interested. Allie, where can people find you on social media? Well, you can find me on Instagram only, as you said, uh, no longer doing Twitter. 
uninstalled it from my phone as soon as that icon Whatever changed. It's called. Yeah. Yep. God. So you can find me on Instagram at daughterpick, D A U G H T E R P I C K, and on TikTok at future black cat. Hope to be uh, posting more consistently on that soon. So look out for that. And if you want to toss this actress in a new city some monies that would be appreciated you can follow along on my journey at buymeacoffee.com slash alliepress a-l-l-i-e-p-r-e-s-s or if you want to cut out the middleman you can just venmo me at alliepress and all those social media handles are going to be in the description ali it's a treasure as always i'm really excited to be back with you on this little passion project we have and i can't wait to talk more soon me too i'm so excited to finally get to this season because it's the bomb all right i love so you i love you make proud choices make proud choices everyone we love you but bye bye tabula rasa bitches is hosted by ali press and nick mercer with music by Inflaton Cult, artwork by Charlotte Fleming Design, and consultation by Evo Terra.